Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Well, I uh, got some stuff. Well, you know what? Okay, we'll save the plugs for a second. Oh, I my. Uh, ask you, we were just talking about, uh, off air, we were talking about, weirdly like ties into what I wanted to talk about at the top of the show, just a little thought I had. Okay. Because we were talking both about politics mm-hmm. and about HBO. Yes. And I watched the documentary on... Um, on HBO this week, uh, that made me uh, that was uh, amazing. It made me angry. It it made me cry. It's it was. Oh my! It's called it's called Pussy Riot, a punk prayer. Oh yeah, all right. Um, and I got to thinking about how how angry I am now and how angry I was back last. It's like a summer. year ago, right? Yeah. It was yeah. Um. I mean, well, the the performance happened in February of 2012, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think we really started hearing it about it till the end of the trial when the sentence was coming up. That's yeah. when it really started to break in. And can America. you can you remind the listeners and also kind of me uh, okay. the details? Um, Pussy Riot is a uh, Moscow-based punk band, sort of, but really more of a um, political activist group, mm-hmm. a feminist polit- political activist group who. Um, would stage sort of performance art protests where they would go to places like Red Square or the roof of a prison or, or you know, um, a beauty salon, just some place where that, like, I guess represented the thing that they were protesting and they would play a song and perform a song that they'd written a, the, about the situation. And, okay. the, and, the, and the lyrics are, uh, in true punk fashion, um, incredibly unsubtle, you know? Oh, I'm it's, sure. It's just, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> Putin this and and uh, my favorite part of the movie maybe is when the three of them are in the courtroom in the way I don't know if this is true in all Russian prisons but like the uh, defendants don't get to sit like at the table with um, with their representatives they're in the back of the room in like a glass box like animals it's weird wow so anyway they're back there and and like either before or after the trial starts it or uh, someone's talking to them and saying like um, they're trying to put out an album of you guys' songs, and um, and they're gonna. Uh, I think they're gonna call it Occupy Red Square. And one of the girls says, <laughs> like, apparently this was one of the other considered titles. She said, oh, "Why not kill all sexists?" <laughs> which, uh, it's like the punk in me, which I still like. I'm still a punk at heart. Like, just loves the completely uncompromising black and whiteness of statements like that. Now that you've said that you're a punk at heart. Do you hate yourself? Because you you're, you're pretty corporate. Like you work for a, a pretty big company at this point. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I like to think I'm bringing it down from the inside. Oh. Okay. Um, anyway. Okay. So, what I started thinking about is, and I can't even remember. I know you and I talked about how. Uh, oh yeah, I didn't finish the. Okay, so they on February twenty first, twenty twelve. Um, they, they're target was um the fact that uh they believe that russia's constitution does is in their view secular and should have a separation between church and state Mm -hmm. and um putin's actions very much do not and uh, you know and and like he's sort of like speaking at easter services at at like the main uh church which is called christ the savior christ the savior cathedral Mm -hmm. um 
which is a building that has like the movie goes into the whole long history of this cathedral which is pretty interesting on its own but um so they did one of their protests at um at christ the savior cathedral like they just showed up and walked up onto the altar and started playing a song and and you know the song has you know mother of god please pray for putin or mother of god please become a feminist and all all these Mm -hmm. all these things i'm sure it's catchier in in russian um and yet probably no clunkier because it's a punk song. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and this obviously upset a lot of people. And so they and they were arrested. Uh, and, you know, I, obviously they're, they're an out, outrageous activist punk group. Like, yeah. it's probably supposed to offend people. That's kind of how they want to make their point. Likely, yes. Um, but, so I'm not angry at people for being offended, but uh, they were arrested for something that is... They, they really sort of dug deep into some like obscure laws to find a reason to arrest and prosecute them, and they prosecuted them on the charge of hooliganism. And, <laughs> seriously. And um, I'm sorry. That, I shouldn't laugh at that because yeah, it, it affects two, these people's lives, but it's a... Two members of the band got um, ended up being sent to prison camp for two years and are still there now. Uh, you know, two years from the trial. They were... They were in custody. They were not out on bail. Yeah. So it was six months, six or seven months of trial, <clears throat> and then two years from from that. So it's only they've been they've been away less than a year. They've still got more than a year to go. Um, so that's the background of the story. And what I was thinking about was you and I had. T- I remember us talking about Pussy Riot off air, mm-hmm. um, and I can't couldn't remember if I'd talked about it on the show, and I started to feel like. Um, mad at myself for letting my ire over this die down because I was, I was at the time. I I know you. I'm sure you remember me talking. About, I was very upset about this. Yes, yes. Um, and I am again now because I watched this movie and I'm mad at myself for letting it temper, mm-hmm. and also wondering to what extent should I? I'm asking both you as my co-host and just philosophically use the podcast to speak up about things yeah that's uh that's an interesting one uh especially a show like ours mm-hmm. um which i mean you and i get political from time to time and uh people seem to have very little patience for it some of them not i'm sure some people are fine with it uh frankly even when we get e- uh, more than a little personal people are a little pissed off by it and so mm-hmm. i'm sure if you were to say now thank thank god they made this into a documentary now you can start giving some <laughs> opinions um <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's hard to know um, because uh, I, I sort of feel like, well, we do have a an audience, a low-level audience, and maybe they're not aware of something, and maybe mm-hmm. they should be, especially when it comes to any kind of uh, First Amendment issues. Although that they don't they would they don't call that call <laughs> I, it that there free yeah. speech issues. Um, yeah, I mean, because the, the, Russia does have a constitution that theoretically promises free speech and free uh free press and freedom of religion but um it's through a weird through a, a weird turn of events i wound up several years ago uh doing a great deal of research about the press in russia among other places and uh it is a horrible horrible place to be a journalist you will if you are saying anything against the government or organized crime which in many cases is in league with the government right. uh, local government um 
you you could die. I mean, yeah. it's, it's well, very likely. And then the government will not investigate. When I think about yeah, Russia or a place like the Philippines, where if you're mm-hmm. a journalist or if you decide to run for office, like you're putting your life on the line. Yeah. That's an amazingly heroic choice. Yeah. Uh, it really gets me sort of, uh, I, I don't know, I feel like I'm, and uh, maybe that's part of why I feel like, oh, maybe I should do something with the fact that certain people listen to me well and when you think about and this is this is going to sound really lofty and i apologize not everybody gets the opportunity that you and i get every week Mm -hmm. you know in some places not everybody can make their voice heard uh locally much less international you know globally as as we do Mm -hmm. and so you do sort of feel like i should do something with this i mean there are times But here's the thing okay because the nature of our show is not um it doesn't have a lot of politics to it. Right. There's no way, as we have learned, there's no way uh, that we can logically assume any political position of our audience. I'd say that's correct. You know what I mean? Like when, you know, uh, Dan Savage, you know, has a pretty good uh, basis for assuming that most of his audience is pretty liberal. Yes, I would say so. Um, Whereas we we don't have that that luxury. Although, you know, when we did that survey thing, we did find out that we have a Yeah, they're thing. like you. <laughs> well, we have a lot of a lot of liberals in the audience. But we also have uh, you know, a a strong representative of conservatives, would you say? Or was it not strong? But in any case, um it was present. <laughs> okay, we have a representative uh representation among conservatives and we don't <clears throat> uh, or at least I don't and I'm sure you don't want to um discount them. I want them to feel like this is for them as well, right? No, abs- so, absolutely. So I, I have to wonder if there's something. Now I, I still feel like liberal or conservative, and even if you are offended by the idea of um, uh, a, uh, a punk band performing on the stage at a cathedral and saying things like, you know, this is God's shit, uh, <laughs> like um, that's pretty offensive. It's supposed to be, but I still think. Um, and and I don't know, maybe I'm an idealist. I still think most of our listeners, no matter how offended they are, mm-hmm. look at two and a half years in a prison camp, or you know, two and a half years deta- detained for that as uh, draconian, as an uh, as as like when an, you, as an injustice. If you have to reach far enough back that the law that you're uh, ev- uh, invoking is hooliganism, which yeah. is not a phrase used very often, <laughs> yeah. Um, then yeah, I, I'd say. There's something very, very wrong yeah. with the, the fact the fact that they got prosecuted at all. Yeah, if, what like would maybe, here? maybe some kind of trespassing charge, but I don't even know yeah, if that's yeah. the case. Yeah, what would happen here? <clears throat> what would happen here? A fine for trespassing or something like that? Uh, probably, maybe something disturbing the peace. I don't know. It's yeah, it's yeah. hard. To, it's hard to know, especially because that's that's the that's that's the thing about Putin, a public figure, going to. A uh, you know a religious thing and and in doing so marrying these two together uh-huh. well now it's a political it's it's a protest about putting those things together but it's a political protest but it, because it's in this church it yeah. takes on this other quality to it and that I think is is kind of the danger of of bringing those two things together I don't I don't think that is somebody I do not believe that uh, a voter like a religious voter like myself um, should 
remove their person, you know, their personal convictions when voting or anything like that. But at the same oh, time, sure. I do think that, like, you know, it's I don't know. So so think of how many political protests there are, like during a speech here. Uh-huh. You know, if they're disrupting and they're keeping the person from saying you know, what they're saying, then, okay, well, the purpose of this is for people to hear. And chances are the crowd themselves will say, get out of here and stuff like that. And if they're trash, if they're, if it's indoors and they're trespassing, security will often escort them out. Mm-hmm. But to my knowledge, they will not be uh, prosecuted or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. And the flip side, if if one were to like burst into a church during a church service and decided to <laughs> sing, something this was not like, during the service. Okay. this happened. Yeah, it was just some uh, other. But there thing. were lots of people there. It yeah, was like people just because it's also kind of a <laughs> the Christ the Savior Cathedral, as this goes into, is more than just a place where people go to church. It has a certain representation for because you know during for, I assume it's for, got some history to well, it. Well, for seventy years, they could they were not allowed to, to right. go there. It was right. it was actually destroyed and rebuilt after after. Um, after the end of communism so it, it's to to catholics in in moscow it's a very important building and so it's a place that people probably come from out of town to, if they're if they're visiting moscow it's a mm-hmm. tourist place it's a place that that uh means a lot to a lot of people yeah. so it's this is more than just they broke into their local parish or whatever right and so yeah it's it, it does set it very much any anything first any, sorry not first man, anything freedom of speech related uh tends to get to me um, here or, or elsewhere. Um, it just, uh, because it's something that I take as, as somebody who loves film and, uh, or it loves art in general. The idea that there are places where you're not allowed to say something or do something mm-hmm. or, or just, or say, I don't agree with this. And you might say it in a ridiculous, you know, <laughs> punk type manner. Um, I don't think it's ridiculous. I think it's awesome. No, well, of course you do because you're ridiculous with your with your. I saw your little uh, your little rave dances, uh, you know. Oh well, that was not yeah. when I was a punk, obviously. I know that's back when you were. There's a word for it. A raver was it? But I thought there was a whole other. I thought there was like a all this lingo that you taught me one time. Oh, maybe I, I probably forgot it all. Yeah, and just exactly, <laughs> man, <laughs> you're such a sellout. But yeah, and so um, so yeah, it's it is. Ultimately, it is just very, it's very heartbreaking. And just because some people were offended and if there's a trespassing, if it wound up being a trespassing thing, fine, like find them, maybe give them some time in jail if that's part of what that entails. But come on, like it's, it's, I start out with, I start out angry and then I just get really disheartened and it winds up just Mm -hmm. depressing me. Yeah. Um, but I did actually really quickly, and I know that we need to move on. Um, I wanted to speak to uh, a point that you, <coughs> excuse me, a point that you had about how long should I stay angry, and it reminds me of uh, so Jen and I went to a uh, uh, a charity event for the International Justice Mission, and what they 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 deal with uh, slavery, pri- primarily sex slavery, but uh, but slavery of all kinds, specifically of minors and and that sort of thing, and so. You know, sex slavery is not actually legal in a lot of places. In fact, it's illegal almost everywhere. Uh-huh. That doesn't mean it's not happening, obviously. Right. And so they have to do a number of things to uh, to find you know guys that are that are dealing in this and uh, and get them prosecuted. And that often means dealing with the corrupt uh, law enforcement that these guys were paying off in the first place. 
and they're not going to do it because if this guy goes down, he's probably going to roll on, you know, the local politicians or whatever. And that's a much bigger deal. And so it's really hard to do. And so this one guy went up and talked about, he's like, you know, it's easy to do something when you're mad. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do something when you're bored. And he's, and he says, he goes, obviously the people that go into these, you know, these underage brothels and stuff like that and, and liberate these kids and all that, like they are in some cases putting their lives on the line. And that's a huge deal. That's, you know, it's not, but, but everybody already acknowledges that everybody already acknowledges that it's a huge deal. However, after that happens, there are the lawyers that are employed by the International Justice Mission, and they, like, there is a lawyer who was, devo- who basically devoted all his time to a single case mm-hmm. for a year and a half. And it was not a case, I mean, he was only getting paid a standard salary. He wa- It wasn't like, right. yeah. it wasn't like a civil action or something where the longer you spend on it, the more likely you are to win and you get a commission. It's nothing like that. And so it often, he said it often involved driving an hour and a half to where they were going to have a hearing only to find that the hearing was canceled due to local pressure and that sort of thing. And so then he'd drive an hour and a half back and then just that kind of mundane type of thing and so really at at that point it goes from being a feeling to being a a thought you have to keep in mind how wrong this is and you have to you sort of have you are in charge of keeping the fire going yourself instead of just going from that initial that initial rage like any any extreme emotion whether it be happiness or sadness it will fade over time and so you need to work actively to keep that going. And so I think it, it can apply to this as well is, is if you are upset with the outcome of something, mm-hmm. you could either just let yourself, it's easy to almost let yourself, this is going to sound cheesy, a little, die a little bit inside and just be like, eh, that's how it goes. Cause you can't be angry all the time, but if you're going to try and do something, if you're going to try and and it could just mean like, oh, I got to remember to give money to a certain charity mm-hmm. or something. Um, you know, then you got you have to keep that in your own mind because no one else is going to do it. I mean, you look at the 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 twenty four hour news cycle and all that, and it's just any kind of horrible thing. You're lucky if it stays in front of you for a week. Mm-hmm. And then it's just on to the next thing, and then it's up to you to to keep that in mind. So I don't know. It's just something I was thinking about. Something you reminded me of. Well, yeah, I'd love to hear. Um, as long as I don't say anything stupid from both liberals and conservatives, how how would they feel about us uh, <laughs> talking about our 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 points of view? Yeah. Um, and also, you know, uh, you know, watch watch the Pussy Riot, a punk prayer. It's on HBO, HBO on demand, HBO Go. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you can you can't find a lot of Pussy Riot music, but you could there, watch some YouTube clips. And uh, when you do that, uh, say at your desk at work, um, you should put your earbuds in. And uh, the earbuds you should use are from TweakedAudio.com, of course. Mm-hmm. TweakedAudio.com is where you get uh, professional quality earbuds in a variety of styles and colors for a low, low price. <laughs> and if you go to TweakedAudio.com slash pretension, you get all that plus one third off and free shipping. Uh, so that's tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. Now, our real ad for the week. Not that there's anything. Now, left. David, no matter if you're Republican or Democrat, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess you love comic books, and you like the idea of like independent publishing. Do we have anything for these people, David? Um, yeah, we do. Okay. Um, 
It's called Hit. Successfully funded on Kickstarter earlier this year, it's the debut book from Gentleman Baby Comics. It's the story of Connor Connolly, a hitman from Boston sent to kill two people in Arkansas. But when it's time to pull the trigger, Connor discovers all is not as it seems. For your copy, go to www.gentlemanbabycomics.com and buy a physical copy for $5 or a digital copy for only $3. Also, for any Florida listeners or, you know, Florida or its environs, mm-hmm. Come see Gentleman Baby Comics at the Ocala Comic Con on June 29th and 30th or at Florida Supercon in Miami from July 4th through the 7th. You can find all of this information and more at www.facebook.com slash Gentleman Baby Comics. All right. All right. So that's how you uh, support them. You should definitely pick up the comic book. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, five dollars for a physical copy or three dollars for a digital copy. Seems yeah, like that's a, a, that's a good deal. Seems like a good deal. Almost as good a deal as our premium episode, David. Yeah, which is only a dollar twenty nine. It's for, a mere dollar twenty nine. Yeah, I mean, we talked about how two bucks a month you don't even feel it. This is a one time payment. of This $1. is a one time payment of a dollar twenty nine. You'd have to be like, you'd have to be like a blind guy whose other senses are super heightened to feel this. Oh my, yes. You, you get know? Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil yeah, would, would feel this. You would have to this. be Daredevil. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, and so I wanted to uh, emphasize, uh, so in the premium episode, it's an hour and 15 minutes long. That's a lot of entertainment for $1.29. Um, and it yeah. features comedian Bill Dwyer, and it was a lot of fun. We really, it's... Yeah, and the people who have already bought it have, have told us uh, yeah. that, that, that they've loved it. It's hilarious. Yeah, so if you enjoy Bill Dwyer, and also it's just a fun... Con- like, I think all three of us enjoy ourselves and uh, <laughs> and say some say some fun things. So, and so if you want more of us enjoying ourselves. Indeed. And Bill. <laughs> a lot of it is, is us laughing, or me laughing into the microphone at Bill, which yeah, yeah. I probably shouldn't be doing. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I've been doing this for six years. I should probably know better. But, uh, but yeah, and I did want to say that, uh, as, as David has mentioned in the past, this is what we, we want to try and do this in lieu of a donation drive. And so if you have given money in the past, this is how you can give money to us. Uh, and I will say this, I know that it's, uh, <laughs> I've said in the past and it's unlikely to make a big difference, but, uh, if everybody who listened bought this it's not even again it's not a function of donating if everybody who listened bought this then that would be enough to at least keep the site and podcast going for another year yeah okay and so if you're listening to this and you haven't and you haven't purchased it go to battleshipretention.com there'll be a big uh skyscraper ad with dwyer's smiling face on it yeah just click on that face oh no question and uh and then uh, click on the PayPal link and and just uh, it helped. Excuse me, it helps us, but also uh, we wanted we wanted you to get something for it as well. So, yeah, and and yeah, we didn't we didn't phone it in. We did a, we we got Bill, who's hilarious. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it'll be it's definitely worth it. Oh, uh, also speaking of comic cons, which we oh, were, um, and I swear we'll get to the meat of the episode right after this. Um, we will again. We will again be at uh, San Diego Comic Con International, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I forgot. It's the eighteenth, right? It's yes. Thursday. Uh, as usual, this is what our we've been doing this for years now. This is like our fourth. I think fourth. Yeah. Fourth meetup, but our second col- collaborative meetup mm-hmm. with our friends at the Warner Archive and our friends at CriterionCast.com. Mm-hmm. dot com. So um, this will be 
as as last year if it came last year you know it was a blast if you didn't you missed out but don't fret because we we're doing it again at dublin square mm-hmm. which is a restaurant on fourth street i forgot we were announcing this today. i believe it's five five four fourth avenue fourth avenue okay um which is it's you know right in the gas lamp right right by the convention center so um thursday when you're done with your with your panels for the day mm-hmm. head on over to dublin square and have some drinks on us absolutely eight to ten. Eight to ten yes in the evening not in the morning yes it's a little early for us like i said after the panels oh indeed yeah, yes. not before although so. you know you might want to get nice and uh you know liquored up before you go to comic-con absolutely going to the panels and you know here's the thing uh so I'm, I'm not sure how involved i'm going to be at comic-con this year i was unable to get a badge from what it sounds like at WonderCon, I was one of many, many people that was unable to get a badge because the uh, site froze up. Yeah. I was there. I was awake right when it switched over. And uh, and it's... Badge yeah. resales started this week. They might be all gone again. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I applied and it did not, uh, did not go well. But anyway, um, but that has not stopped me in the past. And so oh, I, yeah. may, I may go Thursday and stick around Friday as well because I enjoy... I enjoy talking with uh, you know Ryan and and Matt and other podcasters, but I also and, enjoy uh, talking to listeners as well. So. And there's a just a shitload of stuff going on at Comic Con. Yeah, on that the outside, has nothing to do with the convention. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of fun, and so uh, I believe la- I believe hey last last year I uh, after the meetup I think I had lunch with a couple listeners as well afterwards. You so, had lunch at 10 p.m. Hmm? No, 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 no. I mean after like the next day. I oh, believe. I see. So. So, hey, come to the meetup, and uh, then maybe you'll get to have lunch with me, Tyler. And you get to see my stupid eating habits uh, fir- <laughs> firsthand. Okay. People so, like to comment on that when they see it. So, finally, the episode. Um, speaking of things like uh, Comic-Con, you know, uh, days-long events. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first time, I will be covering the Los Angeles Film Festival, which mm-hmm. is, uh, at the time of this recording, has technically already started. Um, but I have... Uh, uh, my press pass essentially has training wheels on it. Like okay. I think I am at the lowest level, so um, I didn't get to go see. You can only see the first half of everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, so what that means is that I didn't. You know, I'm not there to see. I'm so excited tonight, which mm-hmm. is the new Pedro Almodovar film uh, that is opening the festival. Um, other films that I almost certainly won't be able to see at this festival include The Way Way Back. Uh, Only God Forgives, Fruitvale Station, which I'm, which I really want to see, mm-hmm. uh, and The Conjuring, you know, uh, basically all the big stuff. But you know what? I was thinking about that, and I'm not sure that that's the stuff I would seek out anyway, because that's the stuff I know I'm gonna get a chance to see for sure. Yeah, I get a little iffy about uh, film festivals. I, I mean, I guess it is a, it's a festival of film. There's no rule that says it has to be smaller movies. Um, but I know that, I mean, when I hear about Sundance and Khan, and then I hear that, like, big studio, a big studio release will kick off the Khan Film Festival part. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. That doesn't sound right. And then when I hear, like, any film festival, it's just, it just seems like, and this, is, this shouldn't surprise me, that, like, studios just co-opt them and it just becomes an opportunity for people to see this thing and then tell their friends a few weeks before it comes well, out. And part of, that's certainly part of it. And, and uh, the Los Angeles film festival has um, gotten much better in the time, in the seven years that I've lived in Los Angeles. Um, 
but it still has to have these sort of things. I think they probably keep the lights on those yeah. th- those sorts of things, and you know allow for the films that I hope to see, mm-hmm. um, which is what we're going to talk about today. So let's get into it, shall we? This All is right. our sort of Los Angeles Film Festival preview episode. Um, Man, that's a long list, David, of oh, movies gonna, you're going to see. I well, I don't. Here's the thing. Again, I don't know what this press pass gets me. Okay, it, it, like so. I have a, I'm giving myself a lot of options and there's a lot of stuff that I just might not get yeah. to see, you know. Now are you going to are you going to work this around your day job or are you taking time off? No, I'm not taking any time off. Um most of these screenings like there are some that I'll have to miss because I'm at my day job, but during the week, okay. Screenings don't start until like 5 anyway. Oh, so all right. I'll, I'll miss that first like the first batch each okay. night. So I'll still get to see like two movies a night if I if it works out. Nice. Um, but then, yeah, like Saturdays and Sundays, it's... And will you long. be, will you be writing about these movies? Uh, yeah, I have to look at, um, it's, uh, there's some really, uh, I keep getting emails that I'm going to have to like organize, um, before I post anything on the site because there's, um, there are some movies that already have release dates that they still want me to, uh, oh, to hold? recognize the embargo, even okay. though I'm seeing it at the festival. So I have to be careful about what I, um, cause I'm hoping to do some like sort of capsule reviews of the stuff that I see right. and also um, <clears throat> hoping to do some mini uh, solo podcast episodes like I do from Comic-Con or like I did at WonderCon or we, we did one together at WonderCon. Um, so I'm hoping to do that stuff, but I do have to be careful about what movies I talk about. Uh, see, this is what I'm talking about. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry to be angry. It's not real. It's kind of, it's kind of real anger. Uh-huh. Um, but just, uh, like the studios, they still want to show their stuff early, but they don't want to deal with any of the possible consequence of that, which is people writing about their stuff. It's just like, just I, I don't know. Take the good with the bad. I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm not allowed to go there, and I might fun. never, I might never be now. But like, <laughs> it just, and I don't want to, I don't want to screw up any relationship no, I, you might have. I don't them. care. Um, we know how many studio execs listen to this. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, I, I want to run down some of the stuff that I'm planning to try to see. Um, and I want to start with my most anticipated film of the festival. Okay. Which is the one that I'm most nervous I won't get. I mean, I mean there's, I'm, j- I'm just nervous that I'm not going to get to see a lot of these because I yeah. don't know. Because I think like I, basically my pass is if space is available. So okay. if this sells out, I don't get to see it. Um, but now you... Tyler have known me since 1999. That's right. Uh, around 2002, best movie year ever. I've heard. Yeah, around 2002, 2003, we lived together. Mm-hmm. So you might remember me um, going on and on about and purchasing the DVD of a movie called The Slaughter Rule. Ah, yes, starring a uh, <laughs> then not very well known Ryan Gosling. Yeah, um, a uh, David Morse giving. One of his best performances ever. If not his best. And that's saying something with David Morris. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember who else is in it. Amy Adams is a very small role. Hmm. Uh, you wouldn't even remember her probably. Um, oh, and of course, um, Clea Duvall. That's right. Yes, the, I was trying to remember who the... Uh, romantic interest right. in the movie. Um, it's an amazing movie. It's very, very good, yes. Uh, um, and it uh, is directed by two brothers named Alex and Andrew Smith. Mm-hmm. And they haven't made a movie since then until now. Oh man! It's called Winter in the Blood. All right. And um, I don't uh, tend to 
read synopses of movies before I see them if I can avoid mm-hmm. it. So I don't know what it's about, but I know that it's uh, from these guys, and I know that, um, much like my losing my fervor uh, about the plight of Pussy Riot, uh, the fact that Slaughter Rule had already been out for five years when we started doing this podcast means that listeners of this show might not know of my evangelical love for the Slaughter Rule. And uh, and the fact that people should see it. It's fa- it, what fascinates me. So, do you know what they've been doing? I mean, obviously they haven't been making movies. Do you know what, what they've what been they've doing been in the to. interim? Nope. Man, that uh, fascinates me. <laughs> living off that fat slaughter rule money they, <laughs> exactly. they got. Well, I mean, there's just you know just the residuals because it's shown so often on television. You know that thing writes there writes it punches their ticket. Yeah. Okay, um, another one of the most anticipated, and uh, not by me, but by a lot of people, is The Act of Killing, which is a documentary um, from from Denmark. Uh, I mean, I guess it's not about Danish people, I don't think, but it's uh, made by Danish directors. Um, that uh, is... Uh, it's release in its release. It has as executive producers Werner Herzog and Errol Morris hmm. because both of them saw it and uh, felt so strongly about it that they attached their names to it. You think the film might have anything to do with obsession? <laughs> no, uh, it actually has to do with um, people who. Uh, again, I don't read synopses. Maybe I should have for the like. I'm now realizing maybe for this episode I should have looked at what these were about, <laughs> but I tend to not like to do that if I yeah. can. You know, most of the, like, press screenings I go to, I, like, I don't know what they're about if I can avoid it. Yeah, I kind of do the same thing. Um, anyway, uh, but it's basically people who were, what's the word I'm looking for? Executioners for the government in, like, a genocide. Oh, my. And they're talking to them now and, um, you know, going over what they what they did. Although, if if you, I was going to say if you like that. <laughs> I hope you don't like that. But if you're interested in that, you should also see a movie from a few years ago called uh, uh, "Enemies of the People," which is um, which also includes, uh, which is about um, Cambodia specifically, and mm-hmm. it has interviews with uh, people who uh, killed people for the Khmer Rouge, and they're just regular soldiers, and like these, like any one of them killed like scores of people poten- potentially, and they're like. They're not happy with themselves about it, but also there's a certain, like, resignation. Like, at one point, he, like, the one guy, like, it's, like, two of them who did this together, and the one guy, like, demonstrates and the other guy, like, here's how he would have would have done it, and, like, huh. like pretends to, like, slit his throat. Like, they would they would line, line them up and make them dig, essentially, their own graves, and then make them lay down in front of them and then just walk and slit all their oh. and then kick them into the grave. And he shows, in Enemies of the People, he, like, you know, the guy... <clears throat> says here's how we did it and he's kind of matter of fact but he's well i feel like he's remorseful but well you would have to be matter matter of fact i think yeah. i mean if you if you let yourself feel anything in that yeah. moment so any of the people i don't know, i i reviewed it for the website like two years ago so mm-hmm. you can you can find my home video review um i should have the dvd at home uh I should lend it to you if you want yeah. to see it <laughs> are you talking to the listeners or to me <laughs> to you okay yeah i'm not lending it to the listeners um, I'm probably not allowed to do that. I like the idea of I I, I think we sh- you and I we have both between the two of two of us we have fairly extensive movie collections. Uh-huh. We should start a Netflix type thing, <laughs> uh, you know, in which we just yeah. 
we'll mail out our movies and it's on the honor system. Yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't even gotten my naked Blu-ray back from you. Oh, yeah. A month and a half. Yeah, um, but I had uh, In the Mood for Love for well over a year. That's true. So yeah. you're never getting that naked thing back. <laughs> um, now, uh, there's also, <clears throat> at the at the festival, there are some screenings of uh, older movies, um, the just old classics. I'm, you know, I'm not sure what the and justification those are, is behind. And those are not a priority for you? Um, not necess- not most of them because a lot of them I've seen before. The right. one that I haven't, uh, and I'm, I'm much like Ocala Comic Con. I'm not sure how to pronounce this, even though it's okay. a film that we've all heard of as film geeks. It's a it's Fellini's film, Amarcord. Is that how oh, you say it? That's how it's spelled. Yeah, but um, I, Amarcord. Yeah, I don't know how you say it. Yeah, but they're showing that, and I've actually never seen that, and I would love the chance mm-hmm. to see it. Big. They're also showing Dazed and Confused, but it's sort of up against. Um, some other stuff I want to see, so I'm kind of, I don't know. I would love to see. I've, I never saw Days Confused in the theater. Right. Uh, my parents wouldn't have let me at that time. Yeah. Um, that so, um, that brings up a, a question with something like this. I'm sorry to I'm sorry to draw no, it out. This is I'm, what I, I want. I know you have. Be. I don't want this to just be a list of things I'm going to see. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> yeah. Or not see. <laughs> It'd be interesting if we do a nice follow up uh, next week in which you're just like, yeah, I wasn't able to see any of them, <laughs> so I just stayed home. <laughs> <laughs> but we burned an episode yeah. so um but uh <clears throat> you know it's i feel like this is its own maybe its own topic or maybe a top of the show topic but uh the idea of seeing a movie because you mentioned watching older movies that uh many of them you'd already seen so that it sounds like the option for seeing them is not even it's not even open to you as far as you're concerned like you would not you wouldn't even consider seeing it i kind of feel like it's my if i'm covering this if i'm being a journalist okay um but then, this is part of it this is that they yeah, have chosen true. to make that part of the festival well the, uh, i you know here's the thing you and i are critics and we are journalists okay uh, we're semi-professional right yeah anyway um part-time whatever we are yeah but we there's some downside to the way that we do it which is that a we don't make very much money we also premium um, episode now available only a dollar twenty nine. Yeah, um, we also, um, you know, we don't have a platform for a lot of people to see our stuff. We don't have editors, which is something that I think I need uh, sometimes. Hmm. Um, but the, if you want, I can start like you, chomping on a cigar and be like, "Backs." You don't have enough time for that. That's true. Um, but the upside of what we get to do is that we get to sort of set our own purview. We mm-hmm. get to decide what our voice is, what the voice of Battleship Retention is. Yes. Um, and I uh, am not interested in... Uh, and, and you might be, but I'm not personally interested in writing about Dazed and Confused uh, for the website. Okay. Um, at least not in this way. Okay, here's uh, what... You know, here's... I mean, if I were going to do a think piece, I could do a more personal thing about how Dazed and Confused... Now, I, I haven't counted, but mm-hmm. after Die Hard, Days Confused is probably the movie I've seen more times than any other movie. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up, because uh, I don't know if the Arclight still does this, but uh, in the summer, they will they will uh, mm-hmm. show movies on the big screen. And I saw Jaws a few years ago. It was the first time I had ever seen it on a big screen. Mm-hmm. And uh, by that time, I mean, I've probably, since then, I know I've seen it several times. Um, but by that time, I'm sure I had seen Jaws at least 30 to 40 times. Uh-huh. Um, 
And then I saw it on the big screen, and I felt like I, I felt like it was my first time watching it. Yes, yeah. I knew everything that happened. And yes, I had seen as good a version of it as possible. I saw a really nice uh, at the time a you know digitally remastered DVD on a fairly large screen with pretty good sound. Like I really felt like okay, this is about as good as you can watch it. And then I saw it on the big screen, and I was like, "This is I'm I'm incorrect. This yeah. is this is my first time seeing." It. I felt the same way when I saw Network on the big screen, um, Wizard of Oz on the big screen, uh, Citizen Kane. I don't do it very often. Oh, yeah. Night of the Hunter I saw on the big screen. I haven't seen any of those. And it's just... Here's the one. I'll name some of mine. Okay. Uh, Brazil. Okay. Um, Singing in the Rain. Yeah. Um, this is Spinal Tap. Oh, nice. Um, well, I mean, and the big one that you and I talk, to, talk about is Lawrence of Arabia. I Lawrence mean, of Arabia, When yeah. you and I saw that... Which I've seen on the big screen twice now. Okay. And as and that's the thing. Though, it's like, did, did, your, familiar, did, did your familiarity with that film alter... That well, experience, here's the thing, like the, like lessen it. Uh, oh no, I, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll say at the the first time you and I saw it in the theater in seventy mm. millimeter at the Music Box in Chicago, I'd only seen the film maybe probably once before. Oh okay. And then it was another ten years because that was the fortieth anniversary. Yes. And then I saw it again last year for the fiftieth anniversary. Um, so uh, in the ten years, I saw it a few more times. Yeah. Um, not as many as I'd like because I tend to watch stuff I haven't seen before more often than revisiting things. Right. Anyway. Uh, but yeah. So are you, are you saying I should try and go see Days and Confused? I think you should, to be honest with you. I mean, I understand, like, if it's up against something that you really want to see and that you feel like you should see for the sake of, of our listeners, that that's one thing. But if it's between that and just... If the only... Th- if the only thing it has to compete with is something you haven't seen, maybe not something you're passionate about, but you haven't seen it, then I would say see Days and Confused. If you had the opportunity to see Die Hard on the big screen, you would take it. Right. Yeah, probably. Which I, because I, I never have had that opportunity. So yeah, I think. Uh, Why don't the people, places don't show Die Hard? Seems like that's never been an option. It is strange. Maybe because, maybe they, the studio doesn't like to do it because they're still making them. Yeah, yeah. Or rather, they're still making movies with that are called Die Hard, and they have Bruce Willis in them. Yeah, but no, I you know I I know the days confused is showing, but I can't find it on the schedule now. I found Hairspray, which would also be fun. Yeah, to see. Uh, oh well, I'll figure out where it is. Anyway, I can't remember where it is. All right, um, what else? Um, another documentary called My Stolen Revolution, which mm-hmm. is about um, a. Um, Basically, revolutionary uh, Iranian woman who, uh, or I guess, basically had to leave uh, Iran in 1979 when that revolution happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think this is about her going back to Iran for the first time since 1979. I think that's what it's about. Um, (laughs) Another one that's gotten a lot of press is Short Term 12. Uh, It's got Brie Larson in it, which is someone that I I enjoy. Uh, Let's see what else strikes my fancy here movie called my sister's quinceanera oh my which uh is about a um latino immigrant family living in iowa which i uh the idea that sounds interesting yeah well you know because we when we think of uh latinos i i feel like we tend to think of places near the border southern california texas obviously arizona new mexico i think of colorado having lived there yeah well yeah having lived there and also, we lived in Chicago, which has um, 
an enormous... Uh, I don't know if this is true anymore because I haven't kept track, but I remember like five years ago reading a study that as far as percentage of the population, um, there are more... There's a larger percentage... There are more Latinos in Illinois than California. Now, it's sheer numbers because California is so huge. Right, yeah, There yeah. are more Latinos here, but Latinos make up a larger percentage of Illinois' population than California's. And um, a lot of that is that is because these... Uh, I, now, I don't know what the character in My Sister's Quintanera or what these characters do, um, but, you know, there's a lot of agricultural work to be had in the Midwest, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, a, a lot of Latinos come and find work yeah uh in that in that part of the country so it's a it's a story that's uh, or a setting that's actually fairly commonplace but not very well explored in cinema it's very frustrating actually because i uh i was planning on getting some agricultural work in iowa and i found that they took my job oh that's what they do that's what they do political <laughs> let us know what you think um <laughs> Uh, oh, one that, again, I'm probably not going to get in to see it because it's a very popular one is because um, it was popular at Sundance. Don't uh, be so defeatist, David. I think I think you can do it. I, I think... like to set myself up for disappointment so that... When they see you I'm walking prepared. in with that nice tie, uh, they're going to be like, this guy, we got to let him in. Okay. Um, but Ain't Them Bodies Saints. Ah, yes. Um, which is a movie that I'm kind of upset that it's gotten so much buzz because I hate saying the title out loud. It is a, a little upsetting, yes. Yeah. It's unpleasant to say. <laughs> it's unrewarding, as Orson <laughs> yeah. Welles would say. Um, <clears throat> it's unwieldy. Yeah. It seems arrogant. <laughs> um, but anyway, this is a movie starring Casey Affleck, uh, Rooney Mara, Ben Foster, Keith Carradine. And, and already that's, yeah. I mean, and I can't, I can't immediately pull who made it. Somebody of note, right? Now, I can't I don't remember either. But, like, that's a great cast. I'm a... I'm a <laughs> I'm really bad at this. <laughs> You've got the internet right in front of you. You can pull this stuff up if you want. Yeah. But uh, but that's a that's such a wonderful cast. I've been a fan of Ben Foster for a long time, ever since I probably Liberty Heights. Mm. Um, and then Hostage. I really liked yeah, him in Hostage. Yeah, you know, there was actually, uh, I feel like I talk about them uh, often, but Pajiba.com, because it's one of my favorite mm-hmm. websites, um, had a thing about um, actors. It was like sort of inspired by... Um, uh, Ethan Hawke in The Purge, like actors who are consistently good in low-budget B studio movies. Mm-hmm. And Ben Foster came up, and they named a bunch of movies I hadn't seen, but they didn't name Hostage, which is maybe they don't consider it a B movie. I think it's uh, that's a pretty pulpy. Uh, it's movie. pulpy, but I mean, it was you know, it's an it's a thriller with uh, Bruce Willis. Maybe they just consider it like uh, much more mainstream. Eh. But I mean, I I mean, I think. Maybe some of his best work is in 310 to Yuma. I think he's amazing in that. Yeah. And it's just interesting to see the direction that his uh, his career went. Because, you know, as a young actor who, you know, is, I, I think, probably, like, kind of, I'd say probably, he, he could be a leading man if he wanted to be. But he he seems to choose to be a character actor. And I think that's kind of great. And then Rooney Mara, I'm quickly becoming a, a big fan of. And yeah. Having only seen, I think, two. I saw her in... You know, social network, and then girl with the dragon tattoo. And you didn't see side effects. I did not see side effects, which I've heard I I should not. It is. It's still my least favorite film of 2013 so far. Okay, but I've got a I've got a number two now. Now what's that? Um, I'm suddenly concerned that it's under embargo, so I don't know if I can say. Mm. I'm gonna say it, and right. I'll edit it if it's under embargo. Okay. Uh, Lovelace is 
horrible. Is it about Linda Lovelace? Yes. Okay. Which is why, I don't know. I haven't read my review yet, so maybe I'll like sort of um, take this idea on in my, my review of Lovelace. But um, the fact that I know, not a lot, I'm not a scholar, but the fact that I'm pretty familiar with Linda Lovelace's life mm-hmm. um, and have opinions about it already might have really hindered my okay enjoyment but i'm confident in saying that the film is objectively bad okay so you feel like it didn't tell you anything you didn't already know is it and it also like just didn't do justice to the what you know if you if you read about the life of linda lovelace and it doesn't make as i do and it doesn't make your stomach upset or make you uh you know painfully sad there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And the movie just didn't didn't get to that. The, it's it's uh its depiction of the of the unpleasantness of her life was was sordid and tawdry and kind of uh it felt in a in a way just as exploitative uh, of oh, her okay. memory as as she was exploited in her lifetime. Okay. So I was going to ask, so, well, well, maybe having not seen the film, of course, and I guess I'm playing devil's advocate, but, uh, well, maybe they, they chose not to make a judgment. Maybe they chose to try to. No, because they do, you know, the people who were the bad guys in her life in real life mm-hmm. are the bad guys in the movie. It okay. just doesn't, it just doesn't color them in any way. Is this way a documentary or is no. this, it's, Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's got a who plays her? An amazing cast. Amanda Seyfried plays her, and she's great. Okay. Um, and um, Peter Sarsgaard plays Chuck Trainer, her husband. Okay. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Adam Brody plays the uh, Harry with the the male star of of Deep Throat. Okay. Um, her parents are Sharon Stone and Robert Patrick. All right. Uh, her best friend is Juno Temple. Um. We're doing pretty good with the, this cast. Here. It's an amazing cast. Like I can keep going. The uh, the mob guy who was the main financier of Deep Throat. Yeah, which, that's a true story. It's played by Chris Noth. All right. Um, there's uh, um, there's a cameo <coughs> that is. Do you not want to ruin it? I'm not sure because I mean his name's on the cover, so you know it's in it. But oh, I didn't okay. know who he played until it showed up. So. Uh, James Franco plays a real life person, and I won't like spoil who it is. Richard Nixon. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I can tell you off air. Okay, uh, and I'm sure there's more. It's a great cast. It's sort of like the recent um, The Iceman in that way. Like, oh, yeah. this is an amazing cast, and then didn't. Just yeah. Didn't do okay. It. Well, now that, I guess I guess I just immediately assumed that it was a, a documentary. So yeah. So in depicting it, it almost feels like they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to very much show yeah. like oh how tragic at the same time pretty hot am i right <laughs> right yeah you know yeah um but amanda seyfried is doing uh, great work i'm sure uh as is chris noth um with with uh, chris noth maybe with more of a with less to work with given he's written a very sort of broad gangstery like threatening guy you know boisterous threatening guy role but he's he seems like a much broader actor than he actually is <laughs> uh having seen the first few seasons of law and order where he I plays you were gonna say sex in the city i really did well it's true on that too i mean and just and almost anything yeah, that oh, i've seen him in just i'm charmed by him in sex in the city but I it's understand. but it's a specific type of charm i mean when you think about it, like okay 
Mr. Big is is sort of representative of something for Carrie Uh as the guy, the ever present guy in her life, the guy that she can't get over, that she's always trying to get over. In Law and Order, he's the brash young cop, the fiery guy who has a temper, you know, and just he's often cast in these big, broad roles, Mm -hmm. but then he finds a specificity to them. And while I am not a big fan of Sex and the City, I always enjoy his back and forth with Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. Like, he seems like a real guy in that. Yeah. I'm sorry, we, we keep... Uh, I think maybe just... I think maybe the uh, LA Film Fest is kind of a general framework for any conversation we want to have at the, yeah. okay, uh, so in let's, this episode. This could... This could be an episode, actually. Okay. But it... Chris Noth? Um, no. What I'm going to say about... Um, you know what? <coughs> this is an episode. So I'm going to tease. We're going to do an episode at some point... Okay. ...about nudity. Uh and the decision to or not to appear nude to appear nude in in the movies okay so we're so hang on are you talking about nudity from the filmmaker's point of view or an actor's point of view mostly i want to talk about it from the actor's point of view okay because um, uh, um amanda seyfried is nude a lot in mm-hmm. in um in lovelace um of course you never see a penis which is ridiculous it's a fucking porno, and they're but they're always doing the thing where like, oh, his leg is positioned in such a way that while well, like she's clearly going down on him because that's what Deep Throat is about, like his leg is positioned in a way you don't see anything. It's the double standard like drives me fucking insane. Uh, but I also wanted to talk and about by, and it's a double standard that I think is hurtful to everybody. Uh huh. Like men, like it makes first off, it's just like like hey, we all want to see chicks, am I right? right? But it also I feel like makes it uh, makes it somehow. Makes the male body like somehow just unacceptable. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. like it's repulsive. Nobody yeah. wants to see that. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous <laughs> to me. Uh, but that's not. But I also wanted like you, I was thinking about Sex in the City, where um, and I'm not a person. This isn't coming from a prurient uh, standpoint. Nice. But Sarah Jessica Parker was never nude uh, or never topless. That's in, true. In, in Sex in the City, and I've always wondered about like that choice. Now, obviously, it's her choice because it's her body to obviously to do with what she wants but i wonder if it um because i'm not I, like i you know i am of the age where i'm used to the internet if, if if it is imperative to me to see a naked woman like there's no you can do it almost by accident online. yeah there's In fact there, I are, have. there are no obstacles yes <laughs> anyone who uses the internet regularly has accidentally seen oh we had uh um uh uh, a uh, home video review on the website recently for a documentary called Aroused. And I went to find an image oh. of the cover art. Don't Google image search Aroused if you're, you know, if there's anyone near you. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <coughs> I was doing a, uh, real quick, uh, there's a lot of dumb aspects to this story. So my friends and I once were having a conversation, which we uh, came up with a, we came up with a TV show called Major Bear. It's like Major Dad, but instead of a dad, it's a grizzly bear. And uh, because, uh, like, it was, te- like, uh, they they did, uh, like, test marketing and stuff and found that bears are very popular. And so they just basically let a wild grizzly bear onto the set of Major Dad, and he just attacks all the actors. Uh-huh. Anyway, so this was the uh, fun joke that my friends and I were saying. And then I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna use my fun Photoshop skills. Uh-huh. I'm gonna take some picture. I'm gonna take some still frames of Major Dad, and then I'm gonna put a grizzly bear in them. Right. Which I did, and they look uh, pretty awesome because I'm good at Photoshop. Um, huh. But uh, I guess you would. Be. <laughs> what was that? I guess you would be. Yeah, I guess I would be. 
I don't need your tone. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, you, I forget you've said what you do on the podcast. Yeah, I'm a photo editor. So, yeah, so you um, but uh, so you Google uh, Major Dad. Yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get a few images of Gerald McCraney, as one would expect. Oh, see, I thought that it was gonna be the word bear that was gonna. Oddly enough, that was by by qualifying grizzly. You're doing all right. I see, I but see. Major Dad, you get some Gerald McCraney. I'm gonna say every eleventh or twelfth, <laughs> you get a. Uh, uh, just a, a big naked man uh, who is who is wearing like like a like a fatigue jacket or something like that, and uh, and it made me laugh. All right, so this is all to say that I want to do an episode about, um, you know, about nudity and conspicuous non-nudity because mm-hmm. again, like I was saying, I don't like I'm not slobbering to see like going to movies hoping to see it's not the '80s anymore, right? <laughs> right, you know, yeah. like. Uh, but there are times when there'll be uh, an actress like um, I'm trying to remember the movie that's um, Ludovine Sagné and uh, and um, uh, no, I can't remember uh, Kristen Scott Thomas that Brian De Palma, De Palma remade in in English. Anyway, um, like there's like a, one of those post-coital scenes where Ludovine Sagné gets up from the bed to go into the bathroom and like very conspicuously is wrapping the bed sheet around her in a way that you wouldn't and and I and I wonder like um you know hey I mean Ludovine Sagné has been naked in movies before so that seemed odd to me but also if you're not again and I want to make it clear I know that it's her choice and I completely support her choice but I don't necessarily support the choice of the director to shoot it that way then right like they, can't you like Focus on him while she gets up and goes to the to the. You know they they get they get away with uh, near nudity on Mad Men all the time mm-hmm. because they don't fake it. Yeah, it's, they just shoot it. They shoot around it. Yeah, they kind of have to bend over backwards, literally and figuratively, sometimes <laughs> in order to avoid things. But we should save it for. Yeah, and I want to obviously um, when we do that episode, I want to have a woman on the show. Oh, all right, because I would you know. I would want to have that perspective. Okay, back to the movies. I'll blow through some of these since we've been going for a while. Um, the Expedition to the End of the World is a documentary about a... So my understanding is it's like a now-time documentary, but it's about like a, sh- a ship voyage into like the North Atlantic in like an old-time ship. Okay. All right. It's weird, right? I do want to I do want to say maybe... no. Look, I'm not blaming you. We all have our thing. But... Maybe the reason we were not raking in the dough is because we say stuff like now time. <laughs> okay. Um, we are both in our 30s now, David. Come on. Here's what I'm going to make. Here's a documentary that looks good called American Revolutionary, The Evolution of Grace Lee Boggs, which is about an um, uh, activist named Grace Lee Boggs. Here's the thing. In addition to it sounding good, here's the thing that sticks out to me. It's about a woman named Grace Lee Boggs. Mm-hmm. It's directed by a woman named Grace Lee. They are not related. But that has to be like how the director found out about her, right? It, I would assume okay. so. Either that or the laziest studio executive in the world is like, I don't know. Uh, hey, this looks this looks like fun. <laughs> um, well, it's a documentary. It's all real. Okay. Uh, speaking of documentaries, there's one about Harry Dean Stanton <laughs> called Partly Fiction. Awesome. Um there's a, a movie that looks interesting and is also only about 80 minutes long, which I like, called 40 Years from Yesterday, which is essentially, it sounds like it's about, you know, the beginning of about, about Schmidt, where he comes home and finds his wife dead? Yes. It's about, like, okay, let's now not make a comedy. <laughs> let's 
let's make a film about a guy who comes home and his wife's dead. And, you know, he's about the age of the About Schmidt guy and, and dealing with that. I'm Okay, I have no doubt that it'll, I'm sure it'll be a fine movie. But part of me thinks, well, I think we've seen stuff like that before. Part of the novelty of About Schmidt is that right. it is a comedy in the midst right. of this very tragic situation. Um, I definitely want to try to see your next because I've been hearing forever but that it's that it's crazy. Um, we talked about it in our summer movie preview episode. It's a home invasion horror uh, film starring a uh, friend of the show, A.J. Bowen, who was on one Okay, yes, Warren. okay. Um, uh, and directed by uh, Adam Wingard. Uh, so I'd, I'm definitely excited to see that. That'll be fun. Um, the Women and the Passenger. This is essentially about... It's a documentary about a Chilean motel... But it's a motel that's essentially just... It's just a place where, like, people go with prostitutes for an hour or okay. two. And this is about... This is a movie, a documentary, about the maids at that hotel. Oh, that's uh, that sounds great. <laughs> um, Do you know... And and this is my own, my own ignorance, so I apologize, but... Uh, do you know what the situation is? You know, movies like that you've been listing that are smaller films. Do you mm-hmm. know if any of them have distribution deals? Like, do you know if if people are going to be able to see them anytime in the near future? I I don't know. I mean, it's um, <clears throat> some of them do. Certainly, your next does some other stuff. I'm gonna um, talk. I mean, Ain't Them Body Saints. I think uh, yes, yeah, does. Uh, I, I'm not sure about all this stuff because I went. I looked at like what the winners were of the festival last year, mm-hmm. and a lot of it was stuff that didn't like huh. didn't go on to. To, to much uh, acclaim. That's unfortunate. So um, that's kind of what I'm excited about, the idea of seeing something. Yeah, um, and I guess I guess in the spirit of that, I guess it makes sense to see, you know, to not see Dazed and Confused and see something else because you might never get the opportunity right. to see yeah. it. Um, Crystal Fairy is a movie um, starring Michael Sarah and Gabby Hoffman. Okay. So that sounds fun. Yeah. Um, the House That Jack Built, I wrote down, but I can't remember what it's about. So, okay. We'll move uh, on. Uh, here's one that we actually also got a press invite for, but I don't think either of us could go. Uh, Europa Report. Oh, I saw that a couple days ago. You saw it? Yeah. Is it great? I, I'm definitely not allowed to. I can't say it for like another month. Oh, really? Yeah. I really want to see Yeah. See it. Because it's, it's, I mean, it's got, I mean, it sounds like it's hard hard sci-fi. Um, it stars Charles Copley, Michael Nyquist. And Beth Davids, who I am a, an enormous fan of, mm-hmm. like almost to the point where she should probably be a little weirded out about it. Um, oh, good. I, not really. I'm joking. Isaiah Whitlock Jr. and Dan Fogler. Yeah. And the music is by Bear McCrary. Uh, yes. And, and okay. Yeah. You don't know if you can say anything? I don't know if I can say anything. Okay. but it's... Well, I might have to scrap that whole Lovelace thing. Oh, I shouldn't have said it now because I don't have to edit this out <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, the... Uh... Man, we can't scrap the whole Lovelace thing because then that led to the nudity conversation. Yeah, let's hope I'm not uh, All right. embargo there. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, it's worth seeing. I'll okay. put it that way. Um, Brothers Hypnotic is a document about some jazz musicians or something. I don't know. Um, Casting By is one that sounds interesting, but then um, will also be airing on HBO this month, so I don't know that I need to see it, but okay. it's a documentary about a... Uh, uh, I guess one of the famous casting directors in Hollywood history, and it's got interviews with I don't know Woody Allen and like Sidney Lumet, maybe like all sorts of. That sounds movies. wonderful. I love the I love uh, the concept of casting, as <laughs> evidenced by my 
by far way more than actual reviews on the site i will do that fantasy casting thing all day long <laughs> and there there are several uh up now one that uh scott and i did about superman but then i did yeah. one of uh rushmore if it were made in i think 1959 yeah your retro like casting uh fantasy casting is those are so much fun the, it is a lot of fun it's actually remarkably challenging especially when you like for example rushmore it's like okay max fisher well, I'm not really familiar with that many actors at the time that Who could were play that. Eight. In yeah. yeah, yeah, and so it. Uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed a lot. Um, There's one coming up of uh, my. Oh, you, by by the time this is up, it'll be up of uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. If they were to make a movie of that, <laughs> like now or old timey? Uh, now, now. Okay. Um, oh, here's another documentary called "Levitated Mass: The Story of Michael Heiser's Monolithic Sculpture." Which is about, do you know that, okay, I I get pretty, like, uh, intellectual and snobbish about, like, film mm-hmm. and TV and maybe maybe, maybe music a little bit. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to, like, art art, I'm pretty dumb. As so, evidenced by saying art art. Yeah. Um, so do you know that thing that, again, this seems dumb. It was at LACMA where it's just a big boulder. There's like a big boulder at LACMA. Okay, all right. And it's a big de- Like a lot of my friends went to see this big boulder. I didn't get what the point was. Um, and uh, <laughs> there's a documentary about the guy who made the boulder and the making of the boulder. Um, what do you make the boulder out of? I don't know if he made it from anything. It looks like it's just a boulder. But apparently I think the boulder is going to be there at the film festival. <laughs> And, like, I don't know, maybe you can get your picture taken with the boulder or, or something like that. You could not sound more like a mechanic's son right now. <laughs> Wait, who's? What? Uh, uh, more like a mechanic's son. Yeah, yeah. Which is what I am. Yes. I'm the son of a mechanic. And uh, I don't, I'm not, I, I, I haven't been in the presence of the boulder, so maybe I, I'm not getting it. Uh, Listeners, if you could see David's face <laughs> right now, it's kind of confusion, but also just kind of a general amusement to, at the concept of like, look at, the, look at this boulder. Hey, guys, come over here. Yeah. All right. So that's just me being dumb about art art. Um, I definitely want to see Lesson of the Evil, which is the new Takashi Miike film. Oh, nice. One of his new films. I mean, he makes like four or five a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... This one, the you know, is about a teacher and is supposed to sort of have an after-school special type feel, but then have Takashi Miike type stuff going on oh, in it. Oh, good. Which is very uh, appealing to me. I love that idea. Um, oh, this this is in, like you know, um, there's not a lot of actors that I am excited about just see a movie just because they're in it. Mm-hmm. But there's a movie called Concussion, which is about a woman who suffers a concussion and um, oh, it follows her sort of in the time after that growing apart from her family and her her wife uh, i guess she's a lesbian mm-hmm. and the woman is played by robin weigert oh uh, calamity jane nice from deadwood so i'm very excited about that um there's an animated uh french film i think called ernest and celestine which is a, a children's movie that's supposed to be good the I think it's from the same people who made a town called panic which i also didn't see but it's supposed to be great mm-hmm. i don't know if you saw that Mm-mm. um New uh, Hong San Su film called Nobody's Daughter Hewan. He did in another country most recently. Oh, okay. Um, uh, a documentary called Lin Folks One Man Band, which is about a uh, 
just a real character um, who is a one-man band. He's like 70 years old. He lives here in Los Angeles. That sounds very familiar. I don't know that... if you like where he performs. Probably okay. the Third Street Promenade. That sounds about right. That's that's where that kind of thing would happen. And then finally, there's a um, little subset subset called like uh, no, I can't remember what it's called. It's called like Overlooked or or or, or Missed uh, films. Mm-hmm. So it's films from just a few years ago. And there's a film uh, from Sri Lanka called Between Two Worlds, which is about, I guess, a child growing up in war-torn Sri Lanka. Okay. Sounds like a real uh, real upbeat film. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you. I say stuff like that. I, I watch depressing stuff all the time. Yeah, that's what you, that's what you do. <laughs> that's how you do. Um, so what, what sounds interesting to you, uh, other than what we talked about? Well, uh, do you mean going off the list that I don't have? Uh, uh, or from the, memory of what I said. Oh, okay. Did any leap out at you? <clears throat> I know it sounds silly, but the the one man band thing sounds like <laughs> like fun. It's you know it's it's an odd thing, and I know this is. I, we keep coming up with stuff like side conversations that might actually warrant their own their own episode. Do you ever find yourself wondering why did someone feel the na- need to make a film about this? <laughs> And um, not not in the sense of like, not, not like, in a condescending way, not in a condescending way, but almost like you know there's there's only so <laughs> there's only so much money to make movies out there, uh-huh. and the money spent on the one man band guy. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure he's fascinating. I have no doubt of that. And I don't. I know it sounded like I was saying that patronizing, but I'm not. Um, I'm sure he's fascinating. But when you think about the money spent on him on a movie about him and that money could have been spent um, maybe it's not very much but that money could have been spent on a on a you know a documentary or or a, or a narrative film um that maybe is uh, maybe is more ambitious in in its in its goals mm-hmm. um do, do you ever think that i don't think it very often but every once in a while i feel like even if it's a movie i like no cuz there's still a lot of money out there that's not being spent on films. It's being spent on dumb stuff, like that's dumb, true. Wor- like worse stuff, um, y- you know. So like, I don't lament like that. That movie was money was spent on a movie when it could have been spent on another movie. I lament that there's money being spent on, you know, uh, transporting boulders to and from LACMA <laughs> <laughs> when you could have. <laughs> you could make two movies about this uh, one man band guy. Uh, of course, I am excited about. But that's the thing. It's easy for me to say that because I don't. It's not that I don't care about that person as a, that guy as a as a person, but you know. Um, no embargo on Lovelace. Awesome. Okay. Um, but the uh, so uh, of course it's it's easy for me to speculate about. Ah, uh, should that movie have been made? You know, all that kind of thing. Meanwhile, the Harry Dean Stanton documentary. <laughs> when and that's the thing. Because I like movies, I'm inclined to want to see a movie about one of the most fascinating actors yeah. ever. At the very least, it just his face is fascinating. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like it should be like a national monument or something. It, it's as craggy as one, and so like <laughs> it's so I, that that interests me. But you know, where do I get off saying ah they they should make a movie about this? They should make a movie about every actor I find interesting. Um, but yeah, so that one that one sounds very in, very fascinating to me. And then um, let's see, looking at uh, uh, well, you know, uh, I don't think next week's episode ne- when we do next week's episode, the film festival will still be going on. Yeah, so it'll be maybe off. in two weeks. 
Um, so yeah, I, I don't think we'll. I, I might give a little bit of an update. Or I might mention it, but since I'll, I'm going to try to do the 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 mini podcast. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do, do too much. But yeah, in two weeks we might do another episode where I actually talk about what my favorite stuff was uh, in the festival. Now, okay, so looking looking at the list here, I mean, it's it, it's not unlike. Well, there is. I see a movie called Our Nixon. I don't know what that's about, but uh, anything Nixon oh. related sounds fascinating. You to don't me. know what it's about? No. Okay, let me tell you what Our Nixon is about. Um, like the three guys who like went to jail, Haldeman, Ehrlichman, Ehrlich. and uh, hang on, damn it, I can't I remember, remember either. Um, Kevin Dunn's character, but Colson, <laughs> Colson. Okay, they also like like films everything. Like it's basically a documentary made from films that they made while they worked for the president. Oh. And they, why is that not highlighted on your sheet there? Because <laughs> I think I I know that it's getting a release. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but yeah, that's um, that does sound fascinating. Oh, absolutely. It's everything. Everything Nixon related fascinates me. Yeah. Well, did you see that? Um, All the presidents' men revisited or whatever that special that was on Discovery or History or something. No, I like, didn't. Um, basically, it was. Robert Redford and and um, uh, Woodward and Bernstein and uh, other people, uh, as well as Dustin Hoffman and then people from now like John Stewart and other, and and um, journalists and stuff. Basically, it recounted the story of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it sort of you know in, in more detail, uh, but also had a lot of like reflections on it. Yeah, um, it was really interesting, although. Robert Redford, like, like I guess when he's in his element, he looks like, uh, you know, he's yeah, he's Robert Redford. Mm-hmm. But put Robert Redford in the offices of the Washington Post, um, you know, surrounded by other people his age who are like look like they're his age and dress yeah. like they're his age. He looks like such a Hollywood douchebag. <laughs> like he shows up at the offices to meet, to meet up with Woodward and Bernstein. He hasn't seen them in years or whatever in like, he's got his sunglasses on his, like his hair is sun bleached. He's wearing a white blazer. <laughs> he looks like such a D bag. <laughs> oh, good. For, thanks for, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, that's, uh, now, okay. Oh, that's right. So I was looking at that list, and not unlike Comic Con, uh, where there's just so much stuff happening at once. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you made the list of the movies that you were interested in. It sounds like there could be an entire secondary list of movies that are sort yeah. of your fallback. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. That, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to see everything I just named. Like that. Would right. Be, uh, my eyes would stop working or something. Like I'd I mean, be like Daredevil. Exactly. Well, I mean. But maybe your other senses won't uh, won't improve. Although Not I right guess away. The, yeah, give it time. Yeah, give it time. Um, like as of right now, never mind. I, I, I'm not going to talk about the premium episodes again, uh, except that they are only a dollar twenty nine. There's just one of them. There's just the one. But uh, we're going to do more. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see how this turns out. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that that to me is. I mean, we talk. I think I think we talked about this when uh, Pat Healy was on the show talking about. I think the like the, the tyranny of choice or the paralysis of choice. And mm-hmm. like, I look at that list right now and sure, uh, sure. Like if I were to look at a, a, a summary of each film, there would be some that's, oh, I'm just not interested in that. And so I'd put that aside, but, <clears throat> but just the, the sheer number of movies that I would be interested in 
and be like, I, I don't even know how to choose. Yeah. And I feel like that from time to time at uh, Comic-Con, like when, mm-hmm. when I am choosing a panel, thankfully just like, okay, everything comics is out. So that, that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty nice. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm interested to see how many movies do you really, th- do you actually think you're going to get to see? I don't want to do that. Okay. I'm afraid. Yeah. Okay. And plus like, um, there's, you know, obviously I'm going to have to miss a night for us to record. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday is Father's Day, so I'm only going to go the second half of the day because I'm going up to Simi Valley to have Father's Day with my girlfriend's family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to be... I also have to do, hey, watch this. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to be there the whole time. Yeah. Oh, and I have a day job. <laughs> yeah, there's that I work 40 too. plus hours a week at my day job. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I, I don't want to put too high an expectation on it, but I will be producing some content and some opinions, so look out okay. for those. Very exciting. All right. So, um, you can find us, and you can find that content at battleshippretension.com, as well as all sorts of other stuff. Um, uh, you know, this week we got reviews of, what, uh, Man of Steel? We got a mm-hmm. Man of Steel review up, Barbarian Sound Studio. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wall. The Wall. That's a movie right. that you're not interested in uh, <laughs> because you don't know it exists. I didn't read your review. It looked interesting. No, I just did. mean I just mean no one no one cares. No one knows about it. Um, it's it's fine. It should be better. Okay. Uh, so that's battleshippretension.com. You can email us, David at battleshippretension.com or Tyler at battleshippretension.com. You can follow me on Twitter at the pretension. I'll be tweeting from the film festival. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at more lessons. That's it. Uh, that's Sorry, that's the official podcast. That's the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which is at morethanonelesson.com. And as mentioned, my um, other podcast is Hey, Watch This with Paul and David. That's uh, my TV podcast with Paul Goebel this week. We'll be talking about the uh, um, John Oliver taking over for John Stewart on The Daily Show. And okay. we'll also be talking at more length about Pussy Riot, a punk prayer. All right. So. Thank you for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 